0: This is episode 122 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 122 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Erwin Zito on the show for the second time. He was on back around episode 37 where he discussed what he was into, his 10 properties, as well as some options trading that he was doing. And uh, at that time he was right about to put on his Wealth Hacker Conference with Grant Cardone. I believe this was in later 2019 uh, in October that he did this. And, uh, it was a pretty big feat. I was pretty impressed that he was doing that. And the thing that about Irwin that I've picked up on is that he's a big thinker. He thinks in terms of the way he wants his life to be. And he's very careful about the decisions that he makes in order to keep his life. The way he wants it to be so i really like that about his style and um, i've wanted to have him on for a little while to just expand on how he thinks about business how he grows how he delegates um, the things that go on inside his head that allow him to still be able to golf on wednesdays yet run multiple different companies including a charity put on conferences like wealth hacker and uh, be a realtor managing a team as well so um, there's a lot to learn from what he's done. And I always like to look at people who are successful, who are doing it and making it look easy and figure out how, how are they doing it? So, uh, of course, he's leveraged. The understanding and the information that others have had, expert advice, and uh, that's something we can all learn from and all repeat and try and do. Uh, it's something I strive to do. I always want to empower others that know things better than I do to complete tasks for me, and uh, I will gladly pay for those services. So that really is the key to growth, in my opinion. So I think you're going to enjoy this episode. It was just a catch-up episode, and I really enjoyed the conversation as always if you're new to the podcast i highly recommend you go right back to episode one so that you can get brushed up on the fundamentals especially if you're new to real estate investing and then just work your way through and if you wouldn't mind if you haven't already done so hit the like subscribe and notification bell and leave a comment below this video and if you're an audio listener go ahead and leave me a five-star review on apple Podcasts. it'll just really help more people to find this show and hopefully help them as well. Without further ado, please enjoy episode 122 with Erwin Zito. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have on the show for the second time, Erwin Zito. Erwin, thanks for being on the show again.
1: Oh, thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, so we've uh, we've been chatting pretty regularly, and uh, good to catch up. So I haven't talked to you too much about the trading uh, in a little while, and certainly not on the podcast. So I know you've been heavy into that. You've obviously got your real estate. I think uh, last time I talked to you, you were at, at what nine properties. Yeah, we divested
1: one. We're at nine. You right got rid now. of one, right? Yeah, and you yeah. funded but your we're, trading, we're not trading account, them. right? Uh, the, that and also it was a it was a property that we can really add more value to it's Mm -hmm. kind of a good exit too because the original strategy for that property was a college student rental right yeah so it's actually not a bad exit
0: (laughs) yeah well i've been i've been selling off some of my student rentals as well Uh, just it's not that i think like the really good ones and mine are actually really good uh, i think they're going to be just fine but if there's if there's less enrollment then potentially rents come down there's a lot of things that for me, I'd I'd rather not be totally exposed to that. So I see I see where you're coming from with that with that angle.
1: Again, it was a, a house that we couldn't add any more value to. So that's that's why partly the reason to divest. Divest, mm-hmm. and then also we'll, we'll we're still going to buy another property. Oh yeah. So what's
0: your, yeah, what's your, your angle these days? Cause I know the first time you came on the show, you were talking like you had just discovered the options trading side of things and you knew that it was going to be something significant for you. How much do you look to generate from options before you buy a new property? Is that, or is that kind of the angle that you're looking to just generate a certain amount of capital and then you'll buy another
1: property? It's more that the real estate has, uh, has, well, any real estate investor knows how the last twelve months went. <laughs> it makes no, it makes no
0: sense from a cap rate cash flow perspective. A lot of Ontario real estate doesn't make sense. It
1: right doesn't now. make sense. Uh, so I'll I'll buy something that I can do some work to. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll actually be likely more of my my businesses and my real estate will go will fund the next purchase. Yeah. And it it'll be something that needs some work. Something that we can likely sweet in the basement, and then upside would be uh, something I can add in addition to. Hopefully, both a um, I'll dig a basement for it as well okay so it'll become it'll become a it'll become the third unit on the main floor with the hopeful hopefully in the later will be the suite in the basement as well but so we're rough in the basement you know for sink and kitchen and stuff so you're for planning for clean. when hamilton
0: allows three units inside of one building on like yeah. single family yeah. zoning yeah yeah so is, on the is that size lot is that in the near future is that is that looking like it's going to happen uh it it won't happen as fast as other municipalities (laughs) it's not going to happen anytime soon in london there you know despite the fact that the province mandated it they don't Mm -hmm. like london's not the type of town that that wants that kind of thing it's very uh, any town does yeah they're slow they're slow to adopt it Mm -hmm. they've traditionally been quite slow and even with the secondary dwelling units they were one of the last municipalities to allow it
1: i'm actually surprised how progressive toronto is because you would think you know, mm-hmm. it's usually it's usually rich people that block this stuff. And, you know, there's lots of rich people in Toronto <laughs> and I'll define rich. Yeah. <laughs> you live in a million dollar home and you've lived there for a while and you've built up a lot of equity. Like a whole bunch of these people have a million dollars of equity Yeah, that used to qualify people as rich. I don't know. Maybe they're rich. And then they're <laughs> the ones who are blocking anymore. development.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not in my backyard at mentality, right? The yeah. people I think it's the people who have been in neighborhoods for a really long time. They don't want to see change they don't want to see that so they're they're the ones that know their city councilor. the new people that mm-hmm. moved in don't even know who their city councilor is mm-hmm. and they're the ones saying don't let this happen you know talk yeah. to the mayor make sure that that this isn't going to happen
1: yeah so then so. all these millennials can't move in like people who yeah. don't own homes they're making it less they don't know if they can actually draw that all together mm-hmm. is that i'll argue i'll argue that they're rich so the rich are basically blocking the poor from buying property yeah by stopping right. them that, that's how i see it
0: it is. I'm sure some people are going to hate me for
1: that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is somewhat. I mean, I can see where 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 people are coming from. Like, you don't want to have oh, totally. cars all over the lawns because there's so many people living in every house. But the way we're heading in Ontario now, anyway, we're just going to have three families moving into one unit because people can't afford yeah. to live. They're just going to oh, pack worse. into these units. So the the problem is not being
1: eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It could be like grandparents and then their kids' families yeah. and then oh, the yeah. kids kids families and yeah. like
0: my friend just bought a house in hamilton like they they bid like three hundred thousand dollars over ass like 1.3 million or something like that and then now they're like okay well maybe we shouldn't have done that so now they're actually actively trying to assign it before they close uh, and i'm like oh what would you do you've already sold your house he's like yeah we just moved back in with my parents for a while until we figure things out i could see a lot of people having that attitude i mean once you hit a certain price point what's the point they're, just, they're mm-hmm. just gonna say you know what we'd rather save this money we'll move in with mom and dad mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll ride it out there so i think we can see a lot of cultural shift in the near future
1: yeah or yeah. you know like friend style like you know what, what, what we used to use what we're used to seeing like in like sitcoms in new york city yeah people living strangers together. living together <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but that's before they have family now you add kids into that mix yeah. but if you can't afford
1: to move out what do you do
0: <laughs> well that's just it right you do what you gotta do so yeah. we're, we're going to see a lot of that in the near future, I think. So hopefully uh, hopefully we can find a way to make it work smoothly. But I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what to expect in Ontario in the next 12, 12 to 24 months. It could be it could depend on a lot of political decisions. So we'll totally have to wait crazy. and see.
1: Like I, so I'm, I'm from Asia, right? I'm from Hong. My family's from Hong Kong. So three generations living in a one-bedroom apartment, a bachelor, is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Three generations will live in a 550-square-foot apartment. That's wild. Yeah, it's totally wild. Yeah, and their real estate prices are extremely high in Hong Kong, right? Uh, They're they're not the highest in the world. I believe Silicon Valley owns a lot of the highest, most expensive real estate in the world. But because Hong Kong incomes aren't as high, that's why their affordability is so bad. I've heard Toronto their- fighting
0: for that too, though. Now the affordability index in, in Toronto relative incomes relative to property values. It's mm-hmm. it's one of the worst in the world now I've heard. I, I don't know. I, I, that's secondhand info, but I've
1: heard that. Yeah. It's funny because I used to follow like RBC's affordability index. I believe most people follow RBC's affordability index and they used to say all the time, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And then they just gave up. <laughs> okay, yeah. so this is the new norm. So maybe based on the new norm, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah for sure but yeah
1: no yeah uh, i don't even know what it is for vancouver it's got to be like 100 percent of your income goes towards living <laughs> the average person average yeah stats it, can't average that's actually a
0: good good point you bring up yeah, the 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 percentage of of income towards rent that's the thing people got to watch out for mm-hmm. right that's that's what i use to kind of predict i mean no one can predict but where i think prices will start to stagnate in certain communities like i think hamilton once average house price you know has passed 700 it's got to slow down unless people start moving in multiple families into one mm-hmm. unit which over mm-hmm. time that will happen too and it'll keep going up mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it's, it's all, all right. it's all a supply and demand thing right you don't have a it's place the only way to for
1: household income to go up
0: yeah have more
1: incomes in a house that's
0: happened at one of my rentals and he's like yeah my brother-in-law is moving in with his kids so that we have m- more money to pay rent here and i'm like oh my god that's not something i want but uh hey it's better than oh. not getting paid
1: yeah it's better than not getting paid
0: <laughs> they do take know? care of the place actually i just don't yeah. want to see the inside of it it's a, it's crazy inside but they pay utilities they do yeah so that was part of the problem because their water bills like this guy was watering this massive garden and it, and i i do it so i pay it and then i bill it back to them and it was a 60 40 split front to back for the uh, the two units and i, I couldn't split it because the city's fees would be like thirty thousand dollars to split it so uh, i actually now i have separate meters on the inside and he saw how much he was using in water and he's like oh crap like <laughs> i need to get somebody to help me with this because uh, they were watering their gardens and stuff he was spending like three hundred dollars a month in water craziness
1: at least get a rain barrel <sighs>
0: yeah, he's doing that this year. I'm like, maybe sure. you should come up with a plan so that you're not doing this again. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Erwin, not not about me today. I wanted to ask you because um one thing that I've known you for is the guy that can go in and start multiple businesses and somehow still have time to golf on Wednesdays. and you've you've clearly got some organization. I really wanted to dig into what it is that allowed you to, you know you started your real estate business, you delegated, you started. Iwin, which is a training business. You've obviously delegated parts of that, and I know you've started teaching on stocks and, and trading, um, and God knows what else you're doing, <laughs> and uh, the podcast. So, how do you do it? Give me the thousand thousand
1: foot view, and then let's dig in. Don't forget the charity as well. Oh yeah, the charity too. <laughs> Essentially, it's a business. <laughs> a very it doesn't make actually. No, it's a complete out money outflow. <laughs> but yeah, we treat. I treat it like a business.
0: Yeah, I know you're 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 raising uh, you're trading in that account too, right? To to also donate to charity. That's that's awesome. Mm -hmm. But
1: again, it's like it's no. I treat it like a business, Mm -hmm. and you know, so you know, you got to bootstrap because I I I don't have those kind of budgets where, like for example, I have real estate clients who work for household name charities, and their salary would be like be like seventy thousand dollars, and they're like an accountant, right? And they have lots of other staff <laughs> seventy thousand dollars is more than my budget operating budget for the charity. How could we ever afford to pay people to run operator charity but okay but that's just this is this part of the point that I run like a business I can't afford these things uh, so thousand thousand person view let's just start when I started like when I started out uh, I was a single realtor for myself uh, and um I forget it so so some people are. The analogy is Trump, right? So this is before he was president. I'm a bit older than I look. This is back in 2010. So the saying that always stuck with me was, what would Trump do? So again, folks, this isn't political. This is, this is 2010, right? And for example, do you think if you call Trump, you get him on the phone? No, you don't. Do you, when you call a doctor or a dentist or your lawyer or a high-priced consultant, do you get them on the phone? No, right? If you're the first phone call, I mean, right? You get their assistant. So that's the first thing I did. I want at least to, even though I was like six months on the, on the job of being an agent, I did not want to look like I was really available. <laughs> so I hired, I hired an assistant part-time to take calls, and respond to emails, book my showings, all those sorts of things. All those things I hate doing as well, right? Uh, again, so no, no different. Like I, I consider myself, even though I was new, I consider my time expensive, minimum $200. Because like I, I think, you know, I didn't, make a lot, I didn't make my clients a lot of money back then. I made my clients a lot of money, right? So $200 is actually now considered low for how much money I was making my clients. So I need needed to give that image of someone that was important, right? And also is to hire for things that I wanted someone else doing the things that I hated doing, which is like paperwork, admin, right? I like having conversations with people. I like meeting with people. I like helping them, right? I can't help someone doing admin for them. Well, I could, but it'd just be terrible. <laughs> I'd make yeah. all these mistakes. You'd be mad at me about how bad your paperwork is. So that was, that was a quick deci- decision to outsource, delegate something that I wasn't strong at. And something I could pay someone a small wage. So, for example, I gave the example that uh, my time was worth 200 bucks. I could pay someone easily 15 to $25 for that job. Right? So then it just makes mathematical sense to do it. Right. And then just kept going from there. Uh, for example... Uh, when you, in a business from a business, from one person, uh, you have to understand like, what do you provide the most value to so, in your business? So for example, your listeners, a lot of them are real estate investors. I'm a real estate investor too. So I get it. What's the most important thing you can do? Usually it's raise capital for, for as work as a realtor, my, my most important thing I could do is do the marketing, including like the networking, getting myself out there, do my blog, do my podcast, all sorts of things, get it, build influence, build, um, get my message out there to build and bring the business versus hiring a realtor, like hiring, hiring, recruiting a realtor to work for me. That's much easier to do than to hire someone to do the marketing side. Mm-hmm. So that was just logical next sense. That just made, that has made sense. And then for that realtor to work out, it takes, it takes way more than people and people it takes way more than people think it does. Cause I've seen it all the time. There are very, very few successful teams out there. As in, there's lots of people who call themselves teams, as in realtor teams. They actually have massive challenges in recruiting t- recruiting and retaining talent. Right? Okay. So, that was something I got lucky in because uh, I chose a good business. Uh, the training for me wasn't that hard because I hired a former client. So, he knew the flow. Because the flow was, you know, when I started, I, the flow was, I am the real estate agent that I want to work with. And I'm difficult. I have really high standards. I'm really tough on myself. So I'm going to be the realtor that I want to work with. Right? And that was the flow. So when, when, you, can, when, you, have, when you have easier levels of, uh, of direction you can give people, it's much easier. Things, it's easier for, for, for whoever you're trying to train to understand. And no different, and I'll bring it back to the real estate investor, no different than your property manager. I always say to them, tenant is my customer. I want happy customers. So I'll give, them, I'll give them some carte blanche things, like some things that make their lives easier that they don't have to bug me for all the time. If it costs less than $300 and it makes the tenant happy, just do it. Don't even ask me. I don't want to hear about it. Right? For example, mm-hmm. tenant has mice. What do you want me to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to order an exterminator? And I'll, and I'll push back on them and say, in what world do I say no? <laughs> go, back to original, go back to the original objective. Happy tenants. <laughs> Right, yeah. so makes my tenant happy, makes my customer happy, who ma- pays me well over ten grand a year. How many customers pay you over ten grand a year? Right, makes them happy, cost me less three hundred bucks. Just do it, don't even ask. but add it to my tab. Right, yeah, so, yeah. So have have give strong guidance, uh, train more than you ever think you have to train. Commu- over communicate more than you ever have to, you think you have to communicate. The idea that you only have to say one one thing once, completely wrong. You have to repeat it all the time no different than marketing or communications with staff and uh, you set a vision as well. Like this is, this is how I want things to run. Mm-hmm. Right. I've used the example of like the Disney experience of my team. And then when they're going way overboard, like, okay, back it down, folks. Well, we're not Disney. We can't do everything like Disney. Yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it's, it's, it's out of necessity that I've grown. Yeah. Uh, Cause I'm not young like you. I'm, I'm, I'm really lazy and I want to golf. So that, that, Solving that problem is bigger to me than it is to invest in people, right, and recruit, recruit, hire, train, retain, invest in people for my businesses.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, you're hiring for a lot of businesses, and you talk about giving a lot of direction there, um, training more than you think you're going to need to train I mean, I have uh, my site super who I've mentioned many times, like he by the day becomes more and more valuable to me because he, he learns how I think he knows. And, and I, you know, he has a credit card and I just I, I kind of do what you did. In what world am I going to say not to do that? I'm like, Rod, yeah, I trust your judgment. Go, you know, go do it. Um, but he knows to call me if he's going to spend $5,000 or something, but, uh, you know, I've limited That's the card to that too. limit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he has a $1,500 limit when it, when it's full, he calls me, he's like, can you pay off some? <laughs> and then I look at what he's been spending on. Um, but you know, it, that, that action saved me so many headaches, so much time. Has it been, a, was it a similar thing for you? Like, this is really annoying me. I need to, I need to empower this person to just make mm-hmm. this decision for themselves.
1: mm mm-hmm. And then, yes, exactly that. But then also, in my experience, the first six months are always difficult. Yeah, like almost with everyone, first six months are always challenging. Which is what one, one one good tip would be. A lot of people do is like three months probation. I think six months is more ideal. Uh, like like the first six months is usually difficult. There's lots of times like, I'm like, I'm like, will they make it? Will they make it? And I even said that about the best people in my organization. Didn't think they would make it, and like now they're like key people in my businesses right? So, yeah. so yeah, invest heavily, yeah. So, are you
0: looking for an attitude more than anything then? Like, are people coming into, say, your real estate business or your training business with an understanding of the industry already? Or is it an interest in the industry and a good attitude?
1: Depends on what. Like, For example, like my operations manager had no experience in real estate. Uh, she she previously managed a window business, a window uh, manufacturer installer. Right. Okay. And um, she was, and she, she shared this one story about when during the interview process, she shared this one story how the, the owner was just, you know, typical inter- entrepreneur, you know, shiny thing, chase that, shiny thing, chase that. You know, we should do these things yesterday. And she was saying how they actually kick him out of the office because they could get more work done. Okay. And like, oh, beautiful. You <laughs> think you can be more efficient with me not around? Who doesn't want that <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely right? and so she had uh experience in a different industry and and she was and personality wise she was the exact opposite of me, very detail oriented loves processes. It's like great, you love those things, you build them, right? I'm the crazy person who does crazy stuff who creates problems for everybody. I wasn't always this way though it's just yeah. it it is it is the it is the role that you often cannot delegate or outsource or hire
0: yeah like i mean for me i think i was super into every single detail wanted to control every element of my business and i've i've consistently pushed more and more of it off but as i've grown the the little areas that were just little that i didn't like but they were small enough now they've grown and now i've got new Mm -hmm. things that i've gotta Mm -hmm. i've gotta delegate off Mm -hmm. and uh some of it can be done bigger with crazier ideas yeah bigger crazier ideas do, do more um, but I find myself kind of like what you what you're saying eventually as you get older you just kind of get irritated by those things like I don't want to be spending my time on this like I want to spend my time on the things that I enjoy and I know add value to others mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that's like that's the real win-win right
1: and, and you're, you're good at math I'm okay at math I know I look Asian but i bad at math <laughs> but I can start applying dollar signs to things like that project is worth like five thousand dollars an hour of my time, right? So then, why would I do this thousand dollar an hour job? Right, right. So you can't do both. Yeah, you can't do some of it both. Some things, and but uh, but if if the bigger opportunity is there and it's better for the organization that you're there, then then you and you care about your organization, which I do. It's like my other child. You know, i <laughs> People think it looks easy on the outside. Like I am, I, how I feel about this is I am responsible for a lot of people's ability to put food on the table. Right. So it's a lot of pressure actually. So oftentimes we have to do crazy ass stuff in order to be able to grow other businesses. And and the conference was no different. Like when we did the conference, 1600 people conference, we did, we did a conference 2019. It was headlined by Grant Cardone. You were kind enough to attend yourself. Yeah. Uh, but, but that was crazy and that was hard. And it was uh, you know, based on the number of dollars that came in, it was a big ticket uh job for my wife and I to do, big investment dollar too, hence hence we had to focus on it. Because who else are you gonna trust in the organization to do that? Right. right. We did hire an event planner, we hired other things out like A V and stuff like that. But what couldn't we, we but our role as the as the investor and owner of the event, we couldn't we couldn't delegate outsource delegate that everything else we c- c- sort of could <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah there's there's uh
0: that was a great event like that's obviously hard to do but it's kind of a testament to to the ability to delegate because you couldn't do that if you couldn't hire help you, yeah. you'd have to be able to well, did that end up being
1: uh profitable or did, no, like, you, at least break you even money. <laughs>
0: you lost money yeah
1: we lost uh we yeah. lost 10 to 20 grand on the actual on the event itself yeah the, the saving grace was the was um the amount of business we were able to do afterwards or yes. from the event, from the event. So yeah, because of the event you made money, not, not from yeah. it directly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that but makes a lot of sense. So like, cause you could have spent 20 grand on marketing. It wouldn't have been as effective.
1: No. Okay. Yeah. So you probably haven't heard this. Stop me if you, t- if I've told you this one before the day of the event. So it's like, I'm, I'm there early. I'm not someone that gets up early, but it's, it's, it's a big deal, right? I'm there. I'm there at like seven thirty mm-hmm. for my stage testing right? Cause I wanted to be there early to walk around, feel the stage. I've never spoken in front of that many people before. I don't even like public speaking. I, I only do it cause I feel like I have to, uh, I, I walked the stage, but sorry, when I walked into the, into the, into the conference room where the chairs are, the stages, uh, I've met for the first time, I met our AV, uh, the owner of the AV company that did, you know, all the lighting, the cameras, the TV screens, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I met, I met Andy. Uh, that's the first time I ever met Andy because my event planner organized that all. I met Andy he goes, Andy, Andy says to me, he's like, he's a, uh, oh, I won't even say. He's from the UK. So he's one of those accents, <laughs> Scottish or English, <laughs> heavy, heavy accent. He's like, si- he's over 60. He goes, Erwin, what did you do here? I'm like, I'm sorry. He goes, what did you do here? I'm like, I have, what do you mean? And he says, first-time event usually loses minimum $100,000. Yeah. I can't believe you have this many people here. Right? And like, oh, wow. And then (laughs) right away I was thinking, if I had known that, I never would have done this. (laughs) Yeah,
0: sometimes that's the saving, or that's actually a good thing, right? Like, because you don't know too much. Yeah, you would have talked yourself out of it, right? You'd talk yourself right out of it. There's like that sweet spot of knowing just enough to proceed, but not everything to stop you from doing it.
1: Yeah. Like, just think, just think like, like, no, I know the show isn't about you, but think about what those U.S. projects you started out early, your first U.S. US investing projects. If you had known that was the outcome, would you have done it? (laughs) Hell no, no. Right? I mean, it's it's funny knowing the lessons you got it.
0: Well, I've said though, if I could take back the the herd, I'm not even sure I would have because the way I've internalized it to make me smarter, you know, don't you know? I've learned so many lessons from that, so it's kind of tuition too. But uh, round two, round two in the states is going to go better though. I I can't wait to have you on my show and hear more about it. Yeah, I just shook hands on five lots, so uh, (gasps) I I got to get my corporate structure set up. No, I I took my time, like three months down there, Um, and I actually was starting to feel like stir crazy. Like I've been here so long, I need to do something, and I've been going to realtor meetups and uh, real estate meetups and uh, networking and golfing with people and and kind of figuring out, you know, what my comfort level was and where where there was opportunity, and you know, sure enough, you meet the right people and it solves problems and i think that that's one of those lessons i learned earlier on is i needed to i needed to meet the right people Mm -hmm. and uh you know if i've done that here but now ontario is is uh well insane so there's uh, (laughs) we
1: got to expand our horizons a little bit yeah it's exactly what you said there you meet the right people Mm -hmm. it's no different than building an organization yeah right it's no different than building a business you know so and
0: let's let's uh, pry on your wisdom here um what ex- what mistake do you see real estate investors because you see a lot of sort of intermediate that are getting to the point where you know they're kind of thinking about quitting their jobs or maybe they're not even there yet where do you see them making a mistake where they could delegate or they could um they could help themselves in terms
1: of their ability to grow faster and further so first thing is i would say hire a coach Okay cuz beginner mistakes are really expensive
0: often Absolutely. difficult
1: to get out of. Imagine you hired a coach before you started investing in the states the first time the first time.
0: Yeah. Right? Well I thought I, did. I had mentors but I mean but yeah it's uh it's 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 tough though you, because I've said this and I've argued about this a lot with people, you know, can you really avoid mistakes, painful mistakes? And the only way I think you can do it is through stories. So if I tell a story and and you listen to it and you internalize the pain that I had from that story, Mm -hmm. you might Mm -hmm. make that pain your own and not do it. That's that I think is possible. So yeah, I think Mm -hmm. a coach can do that. Podcasts can do that. But of course, coaches one-on-one and more, more Mm -hmm. catered
1: and tailored to you. More catered, more catered. Like for example, uh, you know, uh, Sure, like, you know, when I practice real, like, I, I, full, I have four full-time realtors on my team now, so I don't, I don't, I'm not on the street anymore, but when I was on the streets with, working with clients, like, I could point out to them something they wouldn't know, like this fire escape probably needs to be done. And it's probably forty dollars to $60,000 mm-hmm. because you probably, like so far, the city's probably gonna make you make it and do it in steel, right? Does this deal work with that much more money? That's much more capex into it. Probably not. Let's go look at something else. Whereas a beginner wouldn't know that, uh, a heart like a classic mistake is for the beginner to say, "I heard you should go right to the selling agent, right?" And and here's one of the things I often see is that people who come from corporate, they're used to dealing with people with proper morals and ethics and, and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like what you tell me is they'll take what they what they hear verbatim. Like I'll I'll give you an example. I went to go look at a uh, it was a sixplex at the time. It was a century home, solid brick, th- two and a half story thing. It was being used as a sixplex, and the agent and it was a complete disaster. Nothing about it was legal. The landlord is known as like one of the most shady people in the city, right? Do you think that? Do you think the, list of the selling agent is sharing this with me? Oh no, right? definitely not. Right? I look at I look at the fault. I look at the fi- the fire escape because it goes all the way to the, to the to the third floor. There's actually not even a level. On the ground floor, so from so the person from the second floor because it was in that bad a shape, so the person from the second floor cannot get to the ground without jumping off of their fire escape, right? And the guy's like, the guy's like, yeah, you spend like forty grand here, this thing be worth like one hundred and fifty grand more. Now the listing is like four months old already, <laughs> right? Yeah. So how many things are screaming at you? There's problems, right? And someone who doesn't know any better would take his word for it. Oh, they're a licensed professional, right? Yeah right oh let's get into this and there's complete nightmare complete nightmare
0: yeah so i think well there's the higher level general knowledge and then there's the area specific knowledge Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so so for instance like when i got down there to florida i had somebody recommend a couple of realtors to me but they just how could i know they were the right ones for me until they knew the strategy that i was going to do and i think when when things started to click for me like I I've been building for, for years and years. So that's kind of the most obvious thing to me for a value add. It makes the most sense to me. So finally I find a realtor that uh, does his own builds and he's like a lot expert knows how to find lots that are buildable. Like that's all he does all day long. I mean, how much easier that made things by just having this guy to ask questions to versus mm-hmm. trying to invent the wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's the lesson I've tried to learn, yeah. like go find the person that does exactly yeah. what it is that you want to do. Yeah. And who, not uh, how. yeah, who, not how find that person, pay them, or maybe, maybe they're, your, they're a realtor and you can work with them. Um, mm-hmm. you know, th- th- I think that that's such a critical piece that people miss and, uh, they've just been tired to
1: learn all that how long would it take yeah. you to learn all that that person knows
0: well it could take it so it could still take quite a while right but it's a heck of a lot less time than uh than me learning it on my own way less right
1: and that's what i'm saying for the for yeah. the person starting out mm-hmm. that's the mistake they make yeah they think they have to do it themselves yeah it's like the worst thing to do for sure oh but, it's terrible there's so the much though, worse than that is taking bad advice
0: <laughs> yeah which i've done too which i've done too but uh, that's why I always tell people, just go back to like the first 10 episodes of my podcast if they're listening, just because I literally just lay it all out on the line, all, all my mistakes, you know, what I do now and all my mistakes getting there and then that fundamental kind of terminology. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, there's that tailored, uh, you know, one-on-one coaching thing that can definitely help. And, um, uh, you know, I know, I don't know if you still do, do you do coaching directly or, or, just no, you know, not, went- no,
1: I've never, I never called it uh, we call it coaching. We call, I don't always call it coaching, mm-hmm. but for example, like myself and my team, like my objective is to get my client with a, um, from to take them from often from not even knowing Hamilton to being a real estate investor with a cash flowing property with tenants in the property, paying them rent. Right. Right that's how I trained my team. And that's how I, that's, that was my desired outcome in interaction, interaction with the client. Right. Right. And then on all that's paid for with my real estate commission. Gotcha. Right. So we were coaching people uh, in that sense, but we're not the traditional coach that you pay. Right. Like 10 grand to for a year. type. But thing. it makes a
0: lot of sense, right? If you're the expert in property, you're going to, you're going to get paid uh, by helping them. And then if, if you do a good job, repeat customers, you know, it, it, it makes a ton of sense and you can scale that.
1: So yeah. I, I really like that model. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and for me, I loved it too because it became a numbers game mm-hmm. versus uh, a, uh, versus traditional real estate. Oh, that countertop's granite. I really have my heart set out on quartz. Let's say no to this house. Well, I'll give you a good one. Friends of mine, I wasn't even... Like, friends of mine, they were looking for a house uh, where, in my neighborhood where I lived. So I know it pretty well. <laughs> And I sent them a house. It was, it was perfect. It hit. It checked all their boxes. Mm-hmm. The one box didn't check. Oh, that uh that eating kitchen won't fit my kitchen table. <laughs> all right, right. And I, I can like, get a new table. <laughs> no, apparently not. So I was like, I was speechless, and I and I basically never called them back after that. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and that house was probably uh, probably a million dollars at the time. No, it was probably less than that. The house was probably like eight, nine hundred grand then. That house is is now one point four, okay. and they never, they never, they have never ended up pulling the trigger. Yeah, so like that's 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 the co- that matters the cost of not taking good advice.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There is there is a cost there. Everyone does it though when they when they feel ready, right? So that's the the key thing It's just kind of getting them. five years bro (laughs) yeah that's too that's that's probably a little bit too long yeah so when the average person is getting started you see a lot of it especially in your community they're probably not making the mistake of not hiring a good bookkeeper or or at least a good accountant i think a lot of people do their own books uh, for better or for worse so you got a lot of them they're they're hiring the accountant they're doing the typical things do you see most people that are kind of in your program um, using property management or do they self-manage or is it a mix
1: Mm, our for our client profile like so our typical client is usually um, it was funny when I started out being a realtor back in two thousand and ten, I almost had no clients younger than me mm-hmm. <laughs> almost all of them were at least five, so I, like ten years ago, the math should be easy I was thirty two and uh, and it was funny because I had way more property than all my clients, <laughs> so even though I was young, much younger than them, I had way more experience than them. Uh, strong argument i was worth more than them too so i guess i kind of you know it's probably someone you really want to learn from someone who has what you want mm-hmm. and is actually successful doing it um so uh your question was uh sorry what about oh property management so yeah. almost all my clientele lives out of town so often they'll start like what they made the first or second property i always encourage them do your own property management so you can set your own standards. Learn the business, set your own standards. There's great books out there that teach you the processes. Uh And nine out of 10, don't take me up on that. They will take my my uh, property manager referral. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm really just getting at, I mean, I don't know how many of, of the people you work with are getting to that point where they're, They're saying, Hey, I want to flip houses full time, or I want to, I want to do this business full time, or now my rental portfolio is enough, or maybe they're doing some day trading uh, or, you know, some, some options trading and real estate. And that's enough. Um, I guess I'm wondering where are the obvious, you know, milestones where you say, or you would think, okay, here's the time to hire. And here's the person to hire here. Here's what you want to hire.
1: Um, So personal
0: yeah you think so like yeah. is there an admin do you see a lot of people getting that or i guess your first hire was an admin Someone to take your calls and
1: yeah, exactly it's usually the personal part of the decision because i don't want i don't want i'm not mm-hmm. trying to duck the question yeah because oh, we're we're pe- your typical person is going to hire a proper manager right off the bat for example is yep. they usually have kids that don't live in mm-hmm. town like they they usually they usually like they usually work in downtown toronto or mississauga Again, it's, and then for them to get to Hamilton at the end of the day, but at the end of the day is rough rush hour. Yeah. So it's, it's going to take gonna them like work. an hour to get to work.
0: And that's an easy one for people to justify, right? I, I mean, I think people can pretty easily justify the good accountant and the property manager. Some people will try and self-manage. I've done both. I've ma- I've had mm-hmm. a manager and I've self-managed, but if I've mm-hmm. self-managed, I've hired people to do the work. Yeah. It's just, I'm the guy pulling the strings. But that takes We're time. Right? You got to know your you got to know your area. You got to know your people and build your team if you're going to do that. Ah, they don't have to, well, unless they use people. your property
1: manager. Yeah, yeah, you no, do no, it they don't all, have right? to use my property manager. They can use my handyman. Oh, you have. Yeah, guy. you have a team. They can use my electrician. Sure. Yeah, right. like we so, we basically have a full roll of decks. Here's, yeah. here's all the people I use. <laughs> right, right, and they're all big fans of my clientele. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so feel free to use them, right? And I get I get nothing out of it. I've asked all I've had offers for compensation from my from from people that I use and refer business to. Mm-hmm. And I just tell them like, hey, just do any just put it spend that money back on my client, and make them happy. Right. Yeah. Right? Because I'm way more interested in seeing them happy and seeing them buy more property, send me referrals. Right? Yeah. That's 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 business, right? I don't mm-hmm. care about you know, and also like I, I think a lot of people are, don't charge enough money because here's another mistake that people do they choose the, pro- the cheap property manager oh yeah the inexpensive property manager because I, I know that i know that business is not easy it isn't easy and then it isn't easy and if you're paying them a lot enough money they're going to eventually fail It's just yeah how soon will they fail
0: great point and i would say this if you're paying someone to do something you do have to be careful with this but think about it if the table was returned and you know what they have to do would you do it for that price and I think about that when I pay people and and I have to be careful because not everybody has the expectations I have and, you know, lives the lifestyle I have, not that I live lavishly at all. I don't. Um, but everyone has a different perspective and different amount that they're okay with. Some people, mm-hmm. I can't even understand how they can work for what they charge me, but they're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, the great point you bring up, if it seems too low, Then you might see that come out in the wash. You might see that that actually ends up costing you. And that's been my experience. If I paid Mm -hmm. too little, chose the cheapest one, it actually cost me tenfold. I probably paid, you know, Mm -hmm. 10 times more than it would have cost me because I had to fix the mess. I had Mm -hmm. had to fix everything that went wrong.
1: Mm -hmm. I've even had conversations with people on my team. So, not their, so when I I mean on my team, like people on like my real estate uh, investment team. So, like my handyman, my plumber, stuff like that. Right. Right. And all those guys are in high demand. Yeah. So I've even had side conversations with them like, hey, you know, if you ever need more money from me, just ask. Because <laughs> I want to be, I want them to, when I call, when, yeah. I have a, when I have a problem at my property, I want them to take care of it. Right? Yeah. As in like, if I have like emergency, like my tenant's locked out or the water's leaking, right? I want them to, you know, get there pretty quick. Yeah. And I'm happy to pay for it.
0: The other thing is pay really fast, which reminds me, I, I have to pay my handyman. He <laughs> sent me some invoices, but I was traveling. I'm back in Canada now. So I was traveling. So I didn't uh, get paid. But yeah, that's the big thing, right? A lot of them, they don't want to wait. They you know they value working with someone they know that'll just pay them right away. And mm-hmm. if you're if you're someone with a handful of properties and they know every time they do work on your properties, they just get paid right away. Like that speaks to people. No mm-hmm. one wants to pester. No one wants to mm-hmm. pester for money.
1: And then, and then always, I might think, um again bigger mistake is you know tenant calls and and the landlord drives out and goes and see them Mm -hmm. like i'm always like how can i outsource and delegate this (laughs) yeah so I've, i've always thought that way how can i outsource and delegate things i don't enjoy i'm sure it's cost me business in some ways and i'm sure it's limited my growth in certain areas uh but again but you know the other side of it is life is short
0: yeah, oh, I agree. If you're if you're annoyed by it, you'll you won't buy more property, so that will limit your growth. Because <laughs> if it annoys you, you just you'll just stop doing this and you'll stop buying. Uh, but yeah, you, thing? you mentioned training your your team. Like I almost look at the tenants, especially with the student tenants, as part of the team. Like I give them an email. Like here's the procedure. Got a plumbing issue? Here's the number. Got a you know got an issue with this? Here's the number. And by doing that, like if they do happen to call me, because sometimes you need a little reinforcement, I'm, I just say, call the plumber. Here's the, here's the plumber's number. And the plumber, they know me. like They, they have my payment information. They just, they just bill me, send me a bill at the end of the month. So mm-hmm. that kind of a system, that's kind of how I've avoided hiring more people directly within my organization by, by having that kind of a setup.
1: Do you mm-hmm. do stuff like that mm-hmm. as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so for example, in my Hamilton properties, I don't have a product manager right now. We're still dealing with it internally between like my assistant, um, my, my boots on the ground because they don't, because they, I've already trained them. Yeah. Right. Uh, anytime they email me, they usually experience pain <laughs> <laughs> because it's a much slower response. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, and then that's usually my opportunity to remind them, Hey, you should just call Pete. You already yeah. know him. I have his number. And he's already under instructions to make you keep you happy, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Like someone was locked out and you emailed me. Like that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, didn't say, I didn't say that to them. I didn't say that to them. But again, like uh, uh, not intentionally, it was more painful for them to have to wait for me to respond to an email or see open my yeah. email than it was to direct, directly contact whoever they needed. Yeah. Right.
0: So even, that, that's even not being the... Consu-
1: co- Go ahead. Sorry. don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. So I've even said to my handyman, like, uh, say it's a gas issue, right? Mm-hmm. So I always say, like, do you mind coordinating it for me? Because I don't want to yeah. coordinate it. Yeah. I hate coordinating. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> right? I said, and like and they're like, okay, and like, I'll pay you for your time. He's like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> that's another mistake that people, that beginners make, is they're always shortchanging people on their team. Mm-hmm. Right? They're always looking for deals, and also uh, part—it's not always their fault. Some of it is that they don't understand the market. The beginner doesn't understand the market of a good handyman. Yeah, right. Like one of my handymen charges eighty dollars an hour. <laughs>
0: That's the thing everybody thinks that these are simple people that don't have degrees no. and they should work for less. No, they earn more than white collar people in most cases. No. Like these guys make good money and they have a million people that want their time. So you yeah. have to treat them like gold. And that, and I think yeah, people don't get that. But I love what you said there like you you stop yourself from being the hub of communication. Yeah, you hate you it. let your handyman do that. And and uh yeah, if you're going to self-manage yeah. that's critical. You you won't survive
1: otherwise. Because like, for example, I'll give an example. So uh, I moved into a new house and there's no gas bib for my natural gas barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, my handyman was there and, and I said, uh, you know, I have a problem. I don't have a, I had a couple, he was there for many things, right? Also need another electrical outlet somewhere else and whatever. And then uh, I told him about my gas problem. And, I, and he goes, oh yeah, obviously I can't do that. I'm like, do you know someone? Said, yeah, I know someone. Could you coordinate for me? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Cause here I'm trying to stop the problem from coming back to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know how long it's taking for that gas bed to get installed? Not One long. month. Oh, okay. Right? So if anyone's listening it. to this and they're they're looking for a new vocation, <laughs> people who make, who are on the tools are making more, much more money than than yep. fresh grads with in white collar jobs. <laughs> I've, I've been saying this like crazy, especially now.
0: Um, People in Ontario, trades in Ontario, are owning the market. It is it is such a seller's market for tradespeople right now. They get to pick. Their their rates are just going through the roof because there are just not enough people feeding into those trades. We've all been somehow indoctrinated into this thought process that it's better to be white-collar. Um, sure, there are benefits, and eventually you want to fire yourself from from jobs, but... Um, I think it was, uh, if anyone knows Drulo, Drulo Holdings, I think, uh, the owner, Eugene Drulo started as a bricklayer and now he owns like 200 buildings that are like hundred units plus. And this guy just started from nothing. So I, I, I hear, I've never actually seen it, that he still drives the same crappy truck around that he, uh, that he started with. So <laughs> you don't, it doesn't really matter if you start white collar, you start blue collar. you can make it, uh, you can make it in this business as long as you yeah. keep learning from people who know
1: yeah and keep just keep pushing for more mm-hmm. like ask questions you meet someone rich, figure out know, what they know <laughs> yeah be, be cool about it too yeah absolutely you, you get this like people people dm me ask me if I'll be their mentor, right like yeah, you know, why don't you just ask me a question I'll, I'll likely answer it. Yeah, versus being a mentor means time to me r- r- screams time commitment.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that is the hard thing, and I've done a, I've done a bit of of coaching, but it is hard to you know allocate too much of my time to that, and uh, yeah, I've. I've been trying, I've been trying to get over my, my fear of wasting money with hiring more help. And, uh, do you have, do you have, this is the last question I'll ask you on this. Do you have any strategies that you could share that help people hedge against, uh, making a mistake when hiring help? Like, so someone for me, um, you know, hiring more, you know, another, another person on my team to, to take on more of my responsibilities, um, What's the best way you mentioned six weeks or six months probation that's one thing is there other other things performance metrics milestones that you use to to help hedge against uh inefficiencies
1: here's a good one uh the 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 corporate term is kPIs key performance indicators okay so everyone in my company has them meaning so this um, so again I have realtors this is the easiest one easiest way to explain it. So then my KPIs, my key performance indicators, my metrics for each team member is, you know, how many phone calls did you make? How many, how many times, how many showings did you do, right? How many initial one-on-one meetings did you have with, with uh, potential clients, right? How many offers did you write? Because if all these numbers look good, it usually means they'll translate into business. Gotcha. Right? And this is a, this is a very easy way to manage at distance, because right, gotcha. the pandemic happened, right? Realtors already usually don't, don't come into the office that much. But my message to my team is, you hit your numbers, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're in Florida the whole time. You hit your numbers, we'll never, we will never never even have to talk. Right. right? You just keep getting paid, lots and lots of money, <laughs> right? It'll truly be your own business. It's only when your numbers aren't looking good do we start asking questions. And it's not starting asking questions like trying to like, oh, are you screwing us? Like, no. If you have problems here, we're here to help. Right. Like, you're successful, I'm successful. You're successful. You put money. You put food on the table. Right. How can we help you? Right. If you're not hitting numbers in certain areas, for example, if you write if you write enough offers, say you do, you say all your numbers are great, but you're not closing enough sales, then there's probably a, there's a problem somewhere. Right. Right. So we'll get you training. You know. Well, shop. Well, you can do some more job shadowing with, with our top agents, right? My plan is actually to go. Is I can see their calendars, in my because we have shared calendars over Gmail. I'm going to show up at one of their showings without unannounced, right? And I'll see how they operate. So again, it's just just and my whole point is to see how they work, right? How can they improve? And then and uh, and then often like now is easier than ever to train. Because you don't have to train everyone yourself. You right. can buy so much training these days. Like, I think you and I agree, Like, like universities are in big trouble because you can buy a lot of really great education online. Yeah, I, I
0: really do think it's gonna, we're going to see a shift yeah. because they're not teaching things that make people wealthy. <laughs> like that's, that's, the <laughs> that's the real problem. That's the real problem. Not, they're not actually solving a problem. They're creating one. They're creating a lot of dependency in our world. <laughs>
1: Or the problem, like the in college, for example, is we won't, we won't spend too much time on this is because yeah. they've been mandated to teach subjects that, that I don't know if they have ROI. Yeah. Like, all these different social studies, like, okay, what's the ROI on? I won't name them because people get mad. <laughs> There's no ROI <laughs> on them unless you become a yeah. professor and teach that subject. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's just like becoming a pyramid scheme. Like, You can only become yeah. successful if you can convince people to take all these courses that won't get you a job. Right. That won't help you build a business. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, it's, it's absolutely true. And I mean, I took business, you took business. We see those as practical. Even those are, are deficient in real world application. Oh, yeah. Like, oh. I mean, the conceptual can be applied, but it's not until I really dug in that I was able to apply a lot of what I learned. Yeah. Some of what I learned, we'll call it. Um,
1: yeah. but oh it, man.
0: It did. I will say like greater strategy, you know, assessing my weaknesses, my strengths, like, you know, the KSFs and, um, you know, kind of thinking business strategy, like as taught in Ivy, like I do apply that a bit to my world and think about like when somebody presents me with an opportunity, I'm like, does that fit with my skill set? Does that Mm -hmm. seem like something I want to do? Do I have the marketing resources? Like, you know, just that quick assessment. Those are funny, like little things that can take from what we learned back in the day. But most of it is on the ground,
1: practical learning, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing other people do it. So one of my favorites is remember Porter's Five Forces. It's five, right? Yeah, the Five Forces. Yeah. <laughs> now use that framework and apply it to real estate. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time to folks. Right. Uh, so for folks who don't know, it's it's just yeah. a business framework. So, like for example, threat of suppliers. So can anyone supply more land? Right. One, yeah. please. If you can't, if you're listening to this and you can't supply more land, please let me know in the Golden Horseshoe. Please, you can create more right. land. Right. Right. Threat of new entrants? Yeah, there's always, you know there's threat of new real estate investors. That's good for my resale business, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Power power of the customer. Well, everyone knows it's a complete seller's market, both right. for the landlord and for the person who's selling their home. So who has the power in that relationship? Mm-hmm. Will Will that ever change? When yeah, will that absolutely. change? Right. So it's just a simple business decision to invest in real estate. Yeah. Right. No, that's it. It's Sorry. You were saying about what was stuff we learned in school. Like mm-hmm. you and I learned the theory about how like stocks, pr- stocks and, and how to pr- and the academics behind like pricing stock options. Mm-hmm. They never really taught us how to use that information to actually make money. I never used it. Never did. Yeah. <laughs> Wrote some tests on it, but never yeah. used it. <laughs> yeah. We, we understood academically, mm-hmm. but we actually like, like, geez, like if they just taught us how to actually apply it to make money. And that's the problem with the school. Like, like a lot of the business, a lot of professors did have like real real, real world experience and they're like high price consultants, but uh not not on the investment side. No. The investment side was large, just purely academic. And I remember the worst thing that happened uh was because I was going to school during the dot com bubble. And I remember we were we were few, um we were doing that stock market competition and it was mm-hmm. it was across Canada, right? So everyone, everyone had fictitious accounts, fictitious dollar amounts. It was like, say it's like, you know, five hundred grand. You fake fake five hundred grand to invest, and uh, and I remember seeing the winners of that competition on the news. Do you know what they did? What their strategy was? No. They invested in Nortel. They tried okay. to do a diversified por- portfolio. They had some money in por- Nortel. Nortel kept going up. So you know what their what they what their rocket science idea was? Let's just put all our eggs in one basket and just bet it all on Nortel okay that's what they did and then and they won that competition right (laughs) right how do you think they did the next year (laughs) not so good and they were on the news yeah and no one ever came back and told us what the problem with that would have been even before even even before hindsight right like like these are potential. again they won the competition that we that we were all part of and no one actually came back and said what the problem with that was yeah hindsight 2020 but
0: like man yeah, Northall never really recovered, right? They just crashed and burned and then eventually I'm sure they were bought out at some point, but for pieces, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, pieces exactly. So um anyways, yeah, we we could we could definitely go on. Is there anything else you would want to share just kind of as we we wrap up here words of wisdom on business building, growing grow, as a real estate investor, mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Uh,
1: never take your eye off multiple streams of income. Like never. I think it's a mistake that people do. Uh, I'll give an example. Uh, like last year I had so many people say I can't wait to quit my job. I can't wait to quit this. I can't I'm going to sell my properties and stick it in the investment in the stock market. and do stock just going to do stock options. And I never and I don't feel it's always my place to tell them whether it's right or wrong to do these things. Cuz you know, I've been wrong in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So I I never want to be I never want to give someone advice and be wrong about it. Especially with right. this free advice, <laughs> right? So I never said anything about it. So yeah, I have many clients, many students, past students of Stock Academy say they re- they retired or retired their partner, and then we had what we had. Uh, so the stock market, um, so a lot of stocks peaked in February, and right. they came down significantly. Until still now, still now. So we're yeah. in May now, like we're in the middle for for growth stocks. We're in the middle of a correction still. Yeah we may have bottomed, we'll see. History will tell. Time will tell if we bottom now. But a lot of people gave back um like for oh, my story is I was up like 40% in February. I should have just closed everything. Yeah. <laughs> and that's right to date. You're writing it down now. Now, now I gave all that back. Yeah. Right? But that's a short it's a short time sample. But my point is don't take your eyes off multiple streams of income because for someone who did quit their job thinking that yeah. they'd make it big in the stock market yeah like now they're probably have to go back
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well you got plan a B and C right like that goes for more than just real estate right if you're gonna if you're gonna get into stock hacking and options trading what have you, mm-hmm. um, you yeah like I, I had another guy I golfed with down in Florida and he was telling me he was making uh, 20 15 to 20 percent a month and I just said, uh, you know, he's like, "Oh, I want to quit my job because I make more than, than I do from my job." I'm like, you know what? Multiple streams isn't a bad thing, you Not know, because if thing. something changes, you're gonna you're gonna be glad you still have your job. Mm-hmm. And yeah,
1: so yeah, you want full picture. You do want the full you picture. I was the same thing as that guy. Mm-hmm. I I had several five figure weeks cash flow, mm-hmm. right? And and straight up, I made 100 percent return in 2020, mm-hmm. right? But now I'm basically flat right now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, so, for someone who did put, relied on that sort of income and cash flow as their sole income, right? Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> not good. Not good. No, but you know, yeah, so,
0: so yeah, you got to pace yourself. You got to pace yourself. Yeah, and you'll you'll come back. But you also have to have the stomach. You got to be able to sleep at night. And for somebody yeah. who put all their eggs in that basket, are they sleeping right now? Probably not. No. So um, that's that's all about knowing yourself and knowing your stress level and what you can handle, and and <laughs> actually thinking about what the possible negative outcomes are. And how mm-hmm. you would deal with them. That's mm-hmm. so critical. I feel like so many people don't do that.
1: Like, you know, again, the show is not about you, but it'd be no different than someone saying, I'm going to retire and I'm going to mm-hmm. be Andrew when he first went to the States. Right. right. Gonna, I'm going to burn these bridges now because that'll, yeah. that'll guarantee me to be successful in yeah. these investments. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's and a good and, method uh, to feel pain. <laughs> but in the big, in, like if yeah. you can stri- so yeah, that'd be really terrible if you yeah long term look out what it's meant to you mm-hmm. right so everything still ha- like use large samples for for what your plans are stretch it out over time it reduces so much of your risks if you can do something over long term yeah um uh, like for example i i'm 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 not as smart as you so i don't flip <laughs> right i'm not as well versed in construction and stuff like that so i i just buy and hold you know i buy renovate hold right and just then by holding, the market will take care of me. Unless uh, I'm, I'm not uh, exposed to short-term movements. Yeah, right.
0: Yeah, obviously your cash flow saves you. Prices can go up and down. If you've still got cash flow, you can ride it out. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. all right, Erwin, where do we uh, send people if they want to learn more about you
1: or follow your journey? Well, you can find me on social media. Not yeah. my, my name's hard to spell, but <laughs> okay, I, it's just my name, Erwin Cito. Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Okay. I'm on Twitter. A lot because I hate fake news, so I, I'm on Twitter to go straight to the news sources, like the gotcha. people who are actually saying. I hear. I want to get it straight from them. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll share your uh, I'll share
0: your social handles in the uh, show notes here, so everybody uh, can uh, can find you there. They won't have to spell it. thanks andrew thanks for having me on all right man yeah it was great catching up so uh yeah we'll we'll talk again soon i'm sure and we'll golf as soon as uh, the courses are open and you're back i'm back yeah i'm surprised you came back so soon (laughs) yeah well who knows how long it lasts we'll see (laughs) anyways all right talk to you soon man thanks andrew Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one.